So this morning, here's my title this morning. It's a standalone message, and it's, it's this, Becoming a Jesus Vigilante. Becoming a Jesus Vigilante. I'm looking at faces like, well, what am I in for this morning? So uh, usually when we hear, hear the word vigilante, I know lots of things come to our mind, and it's usually what comes to our mind is sort of some radical, individual, militia person who takes the law into their own hands. Um, it, it, actually, here's what Webster's Dictionary says that a vigilante is a member of a volunteer committee organized to suppress and punish crime because they think that crime, um, uh, dealing with crime is inadequate. So in other words, they make themselves a self-appointed doer of justice. It's where we get the word Avenger. Anyone seen the latest Avenger movie? It's where we get the word, no one's seen it? It's a really spiritual crowd. We don't go to the movies. Okay, well, um, the first service, they like that. It's where we get the word avenger. Um, really, it's, it's a little bit different than the original word. It's a, originally, it's a, uh, a word from Spain. It's an old word, and it means to be awake. It means to be alert, to be a watchman, and to be a guard. So it's really, in its origin, um, early on, our word got transcribed from um, a Spanish word, which meant a little bit different. But what I'm going to share with you in a few moments that or the original Greek word is actually a very spiritual word. It's a little bit different than our English word. So that's where I got my title about us becoming a Jesus vigilante. So if you stick with me, I will wipe those weird looks off your face and we'll make this make sense. So I want to start off in the book of James, and I'm going to read you a verse of scripture, but I'm going to read it to you from four different Bible translations, just so you get the feel of, of what, what I'm talking about this morning. James chapter four, verse seven says this, therefore submit to God, everyone say submit, resist the devil and he will what? He will flee. So there's a submission, there's a resisting. If we do that, the devil will flee. The Passion Bible says this. So then, surrender, everyone say surrender. Surrender to God, stand up to the devil, and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. The Message Bible says this, let God work his will in you, yell aloud no to the devil, and watch him scamper. I like that. And the Amplified Bible says, so be subject to God, resist the devil, which means stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. So there's something here that the Bible tells us that how we're submitted and how, we're, how we surrender to God has everything to do with how well our resistance is and what the devil's response is to that. So really what I want to talk about this morning is how do we resist the devil? And I'll be honest with you, usually with Christians, there's one of two types of understandings. And one would be this, that the pendulum swings way over here. And maybe you've been around someone like this. Everything that happens is the devil's fault. I mean, you, you had a little thing happen here, there. Um, the washing machine broke down. That old devil's in the washing machine. I mean, everything's wrong with the devil. Not that he can't do that. Sometimes washing machines get old, right? And then sometimes it swings way over here. And a lot of believers just, they don't even believe that there's a devil. So let's swing this thing back to a correct place. There's a real enemy. There's a real devil. He opposes you. And he is behind things coming against your life. So we've got to learn how to resist him. And what I want to talk about this morning is how do we resist the devil? And I'll say this up front, that the devil is out to attack you. He, he's mad, he's crazy, and he wants to destroy you. And I will tell you that in our lives, there are two 
most consistent times you'll find yourself under the attack of the devil. One is right before you have a big breakthrough and two is right after you have a breakthrough. And I, I, I wanna encourage you with this though, if you're facing uh, uh, some type of attack from the devil, uh, attack from the enemy, um, you might be close to your breakthrough. You might be, he's, you know, if he can stop you on the one yard line and keep you from going into the end zone, that's what he's gonna do. And we're gonna talk about that, that, that this morning, how to resist the devil. Y'all glad you came. Let's go to another verse of scripture, very, very popular. A lot of people know this scripture, and I'm gonna share with you what it really means, and it might be a little bit different than, than what maybe you thought that it meant. John chapter 10, verse 10. In this verse, we find the devil's personal mission statement, and we find the personal mission statement of Jesus. So here it is, it says this. Um, the thief, everybody say thief, does not come except to steal and destroy. Jesus said, but I come that you, admit, that you may have life and that you would have it, what, more abundantly. So we understand that Jesus is life and he wants us to have life abundantly actually really means this, the God kind of life. He wants you to have the God-blessed life. He wants you to have the God kind of life. But the enemy, the Bible says, is the thief. And I wanna pick this scripture apart for you. The word thief here means this. Um, the best way to say it is he's a con artist or a scam artist. Have you ever gotten an alert from the news that says, watch this latest scam? A lot of it's online stuff. Watch this scam, um, watch out for a con artist. And so uh, what the word thief means is that he is a con artist, he's a scam artist. And because he's a scam artist, he does these three things in our life. And the first one is he steals. Has an enemy ever stolen anything from your life? Has he ever stole your joy, peace, stolen a relationship? Stolen your strength. He's a thief. He, he's out to con you out of things that are yours. And the word steal in the Greek language is the word klepto. It's where we get our word klepto, kleptomaniac. Actually, it's where we get our word kleptomaniac. And here's what that means. It means he's so, so good at being a con artist, sometimes it's almost impossible to tell what he's up to. Sometimes he's so good at it that he think, he'll make you think it's God talking. He's a kleptomaniac. He's mad. He, uh, the, we get the word pickpocket here. So we would say this, that the enemy, his mission, he's a con artist, and he's so good at it, he'll pickpocket out of your life everything that's precious to you, everything that's important to you. He's out to talk you out of what's important to you. Actually, so he comes to steal and he comes to kill. Now the word kill here doesn't mean like murder. It actually means surrender. So put it in context, it says this. He's a con artist and he's a kleptomaniac and he's so good at it, you don't even see what he's up to. And he's out to talk you out of and take everything that's precious to you to the point where you just surrender it to him. The word, the word kill means to surrender or to sacrifice. You're, you get to a place where he talks you out of what's yours. He'll talk you out of your joy. He'll talk you out of your peace. He'll talk you out of your marriage. He'll talk you out of your blessing. And he's good at it. And he leaves you uh, in a place of kill, steal, and destroy. The word destroy means devastated, left with nothing. That, that's what he's up to. There's a real enemy. He hates your life. He hates your marriage. He hates your, uh, your career. He hates everything that God's doing in your life. So the only way he can get it from you is he has to be a con artist. And he's out to talk you into giving, giving him access to what is yours. And he's so good at it. He's a kleptomaniac. And he's out to steal from you. 
and leave you left with nothing. Now, am I talking to the right crowd this morning? You ever faced that in your life, had that happen in your life, or, or, or felt that attack in your life? So let's talk about what do we do about that? So what, let me keep this in context. We are talking about, the Bible says, we gotta keep our lives submitted so we can resist the devil and watch him flee. But he's so good at being a con artist, he's actually a kleptomaniac, and he wants to take from you what is yours, talk you out of it, get access into your life, into your thoughts, so you'll sacrifice what's important, you'll give it up, and you'll be devastated. That's what he does. And he does it good, and he's consistent at it. So what, what are we supposed to do about it? I want you to picture with me that maybe you're in a large crowd, you're at an event, or maybe it's kind of a sketchy area. And have you ever been around a large crowd or sort of maybe in a somewhat dangerous or sketchy area? How many know you're aware of what's going on around you? You're, you're aware of danger, you're watching people, and you know where your wallet's at, right? Well, I want you to keep that impression. Let's read, let's go over to 1 Peter chapter, chapter 5. Let's read two verses. It reads this way, be sober, be vigilant. This is where I got the word from. Be vigilant because, it's telling us why we need to be sober and vigilant, vigilant because your, your adversary, the devil, walks around like a what? Roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. So resist him by being steadfast in the faith, knowing that every other believer is going through the same stuff. So let's talk about this verse for a moment. It starts out and he uses some really um, intense language and it says, be sober and be vigilant. It means this, be on your guard. Be alert, be aware. The devil's trying to get access to you. Now, a moment ago, I said that attacks often come right before you get a breakthrough. So we, we could look at it this way. Let, let me just, you know, this weekend was kick off the football season, which is the most wonderful time of the year. And, and um, I want you to think about this. What if, what if your team was on the goal line and you needed one yard to get into the end zone? If, if, if you man up and muscle up and run the right play, you're going to cross the goal line. That's your breakthrough. That's your success. That's your touchdown. But what if I said you're one yard away from your success, you're one yard away from your breakthrough, you're one yard away from your touchdown, but it's what you do with that one yard that could make the difference whether you cross the goal line or not. And your breakthrough is right there, but, but there's an enemy lined up across from you that when you're right before your breakthrough, he wants to get access to you to talk you into giving up and sacrificing your victory and your faith and your breakthrough, and he's always doing it the strongest right before that one yard line, right before your breakthrough. That's why you got to be vigilant. So if you put your faith out there for something, may, maybe it's something in your career. Maybe it's something in your, with your finances. Maybe it's something um, in your marriage. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's uh, something with your health. Whatever you put your faith out there for, you're close to your breakthrough. Keep alert because that's when you need to be vigilant the most. So the, there, there's, a, there's an enemy out there and we should be vigilant. And I think as believers, sometimes we're just not vigilant enough and we let him talk us out of our victory. We let him talk us out of our peace. We let him talk us out of our blessing. And he's gonna attack you the most right before that breakthrough. And maybe he's talking to you right now. Maybe he's coming at you right now. Well, that tells me maybe you're close to your breakthrough. But we need to be vigilant at all times, but especially right before our breakthrough. And it tells us why, because the devil, 
Now, the word devil comes from a word diabolos, and the word diabolos means this, to punch, 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 punch until you penetrate. And what that means, the Bible says we need to be aware of his schemes, be aware of his wiles or his methods. Here's what that means. Be aware of the roads that he keeps taking to get to your mind. He wants access to your thinking. He wants access to, so you'll get into doubt, you'll get into fear. And he keeps coming down those same roads over and over and over and over and over. That's why you're laying there at night dealing with those thoughts. Those thoughts hit you in the morning and he is just un, he's just uh, resilient. He just keeps coming and coming until he penetrates and breaks through into your thinking. Sound familiar to anybody? That's why the Bible says he is an adversary, which means he is your opponent. He is your foe. A better word here for adversary would be this. He's the prosecuting attorney. That's what it means. He, so he's, he's trying to bring information against you. And sometimes he's got information. And he'll bring in, he'll say things like this. Well, you didn't do this right, or you didn't do that right this week, so how can you believe God for something? I want you to know it's not based on your merit. It's not based on your goodness. That, that, that's, not, uh, that's not an open door to just live how you want. But, but there's this, he tries to make a sound, if we're not perfect, we don't deserve the goodness of God. It's based on our faith in the goodness of God, not our faith in our goodness. It's not based on our favor. How I many know it's based on, aren't you glad it's based on his? If it was based on my goodness and your goodness, we wouldn't be worth much. We wouldn't be able to receive much. But aren't you glad it's based on the goodness of God? It's based on his, his goodness and his work. But so the word adversary means this prosecutor and he's really sly and he brings us charges and he brings information against you and he's so good at it that it almost sounds like God's against you. Because remember, he's a, he's a thief. He's a con artist. He's sly. He, he, he'll get into your thinking and make you think that it's even God talking. And so it's this word um, adversary that really isn't a title as much as it is a job description of the devil. So he keeps coming at you, bringing lies, bringing falsities, bringing allegations into your mind. So let's keep this in context again. We need to submit to God, resist the devil so he'll flee. We need to know that he's a thief. He's a con artist. He's so good at it and he's so consistent at it that he's like a kleptomaniac and he's trying to talk you out of everything that's yours and he wants to leave you in a place of waste, devastated. So the Bible says, be vigilant Keep your eyes open, keep alert, and keep watching because he's out there roaming around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I like the way that's written because it means this. There are some of you, some of us, he can devour. There's some of us he can't devour. He can devour some of us, some of us he can't devour. And I'll tell you what the difference is in, in just a moment. But I want to focus in on that roaring lion for a moment. I just looked up some traits of what it would be like, or not be like, but what, what, how a lion, some traits of a lion and what a lion does, and I think it will help you. But I want you to picture, I guess, for just a moment, you're, you're, in a, you're on a safari, not, not the one at Disney, but really in the desert in Africa. Um, and, and just think if you were just out for a walk, in Africa, and there are lions out there, how many know you're not gonna be like, la-di-da-di-da-di-da, you're, you're gonna be what? Have you ever been camping out in the woods where you're like, what's that, what's that, what's that? It, it would be, so you just need to be alert, not fearful, but alert, why? Because the lions are what? Roaming around. So I wonder why as Christians, we're just not as alert as we should be. 
We're just like, la-di-da, got my Bible, going to church, la-di-da-di-da, just going through life. When the Bible has some different language, it says, you need to be alert because there's something trying to oppose you, keep you from your breakthrough, stop your blessing, stop your healing, stop your prospering. There's a real enemy out there and he's against you. But he's telling us, don't get into fear. He's just telling us how to respond. How do we respond? Well, we, we do well. We, we are alert. We're vigilant. We're in protection mode. We're watching. We're alert to things because he roams around like a lion. And there are some things a lion does that I think would be important to us. First of all, a trait of a lion is they stalk you until they can get close enough to attack you. So when he's roaming, a better word to use here would be he's stalking you. He's watching you. You know what he's watching for? He's watching you to drop your faith. He's watching you to get into doubt. He's watching you to let down your guard. He's watching you to, let, to open up and start speaking doubt-filled words. He's watching for a way to access you. He's stalking you. They stalk their prey until they get close enough to do what? Attack. Some other things about lions that are important is they will never attack their prey if their prey is facing them. I thought that was interesting. Attacks happen when, they, when you would turn away from the lion. But if you're seeing the lion, that means what? I'm alert. I'm facing him. I'm vigilant. I know he's up to something. I'm vigilant to him. I'm sober-minded. I'm watching. I know the areas he tries to attack in. I know the areas he's attacked. See, here's the deal. The devil's not creative. God's the creator. The Holy Spirit is creative. The devil's not creative. He's just good at watching you. He's watched you all these years, what you've done. He's watched you all these years of how you've thought. He's listened all these years about what you say, and he keeps coming those roads at you. So if you know there are some roads he gets at you, start being more vigilant in those areas. Be vigilant. He's roaming around, and he's stalking you, and he's trying to get close enough that he can attack. But if you're alert, you're watching. If, if you were out on that safari and you were in Africa, and you knew a lion was there, you wouldn't be like, hey, Mr. Lion, da, da, da. what would you do? You'd be watching the lion. You'd be watching that lion. Well, I've got to be vigilant. I don't know what that lion's going to do. Some other things about a lion, this is really good. They only hunt at night. They're nocturnal, which means during the daytime, they're observing. But at nighttime, that's their time. They're active at night. They're nocturnal. Here's what that means. The, the, the devil's home-filled advantage, you've heard me say this, is darkness, is deceit, it's ignorance. If he can keep you in darkness, if he can keep you in ignorance, guess what? You're on his turf. You bring something into the light. You bring revelation on it. You get truth on it. Hey, that's now your home field advantage. You stay under the word of God. You stay in truth. You stay in revelation. Guess what? You've got the home field advantage. As I said, this weekend, football season kicked off. If you saw the stadiums, the home teams had what? The home field advantage because what? Their fans were. They had more fans there than the opposing team. You need to keep it in the light. You need to keep it in the area of truth because a lion attacks at night. A couple more things about a lion is when a, when a lion comes and he attacks and he gets close enough, the first thing they do is they slap the legs out from under their victim. They jump on their back. They bite their neck, suffocating them. You've all probably seen that on TV. I see faces like, oh, yeah. But, but think about this. A lion will attack, and the first thing he does is take the legs out from under a victim. Have you ever just been going through your life, put your faith out there, believe in God for some things, and all of a sudden it just felt like someone took the legs out from under you? Now, let me say this last thing about lions is the Bible says they roam around like a roaring lion. The reason why lions roar is it's a, it's a territory issue. 
Now they say this, this if, if you're ever faced with a lion, do not turn around and run. I'm thinking, what's going to stop you from doing that? Because I'm like, lion, I'm out of here, right? But they say, don't turn and run from it. Don't you turn and run from the devil. Because if he sees you run, he goes on the attack. He roars, and the roar is to keep you from his territory. And the moment you run, he's after your territory. With the lion, it's all about territory. With the devil, it's all about territory. You started taking it to a higher level. You started, you started putting your faith out there for some greater things. Your marriage is taking some better territory. Your, your, your finances are taking some more territory. Your faith is growing. You're taking some more territory. You're growing in the things of, of God. And guess what? The devil's been stalking. He wants to stop it. God's behind it. But he's trying to stop it before you cross the goal line. And he's going to come at you with some thoughts and things. But it's over territory. See, there's some territory he's had in your family for years. There's some territory he's had in your thinking for years. There's some territory he's had in your marriage for years. There's just some territory. He doesn't want to give up that territory. He does not want to let you go forward. But God's with you. God's behind you. He wants to take you across the goal line. Come on. But the devil's going to fight you before your breakthrough. And the Bible says, be vigilant. Just be vigilant toward him so we can resist him. And the Bible says, resist him standing fast in your faith. That means stand firm against him. The better word to use here is reinforce. So what are you doing? You're reinforcing victory. You're reinforcing your faith. We've got to keep reinforcing it, the Bible says. So let me say this to you. That, that, let me give a context again. You're, 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 you're believing God for some things. Got your faith out there. You're growing in God. You're, your Jesus journey is moving forward. You're making some progress. And there's a thief that you need to resist. If, if you knew someone was going to try to come into your house and take your stuff, how would you respond? I'm just a loving person that's got the love of Jesus. Come on. No. What, what would you do? <laughs> You'd be vigilant. You'd be vigilant, right? If you knew that some, you know, if you've ever had, um, heard some reports of some break-ins in your area, what are you? You're vigilant. You're watching. You're alert. What? I want you to know that as a believer, we've got to be more vigilant, don't be obsessed, but be vigilant. And know this, he's a pickpocket. He is a con artist. He's a kleptomaniac. And he's out to talk you into surrendering everything God said you could have, everything God said you could be, and everything God said you could do. And he's good at it, and he wants to leave you devastated. He's like a roaring lion. Now, when you see a lion attack, if you ever watch like the Animal Channel, that lion is eating that nasty carcass. What this word destroy means is that he wants to tear that carcass apart and slurp up the blood. It's, the word slurp is the word used there. In other words, he wants to destroy your life. So you and I need to be vigilant. So let me, let me, let me come down the home stretch here for you. I want to share with you how you resist the devil. I kind of worded it this way, I think, on your notes. Resisting the devil vigilantly. How do you and I resist the devil vigilantly? I'm going to take all the scripture we just read, everything I explained to you, and bring it to you in these three things. One, we have to stay submitted. We have to stay submitted. Everyone say submitted. Here's why I say that. The Bible says submit or surrender to God, then you can resist him. Here's why this is so important, because the opposite of submitting is your pride. The Bible says this, humble yourself. It doesn't say God's out to humble us. It says humble yourself. It's a military phrase and it means this, take your life and bring it under the rank of the word of God. Keep taking your life, bring it under the word. If the word said it, I'm gonna bring my life under it. If the word speaks it, I'm gonna bring my life under it. If the word says this, I'm gonna agree with that, I'm gonna get under the word. 
That's, what, that's how we start resisting. You cannot resist, you cannot resist an enemy, you cannot resist the devil if you're unsubmitted. And let me tell you, it's a hard thing on our flesh. I, I, was, um, I, I saw this the other day. Um, I, actually, I'll get that in, in a moment. But the, submit means I take my life, I put it under the light of the word of God. So if, that's hard on my flesh. Because my flesh, because pride, pride we understand when it's just arrogant. But what happens when pride isn't just arrogancy, it's my opinions. Anytime your opinion is raised above God's opinion, somebody's wrong, and it's not God. And we can say, well, I think this, or I feel this, or I've experienced this, so I make this assumption based on that. When we start elevating our opinions, then we're not in submission to God. We can't resist the devil. I, and I'm going to be honest with you, I touched on this in our first experience and people just looked at me, but do you know that, um, and I, I don't want to belittle anyone that's going, that has a challenge with depression, but depression is a form of pride because you're making it about me, this, this, I'm not, and this isn't, and it could be depression, it could be arrogance, it could just be us raising up our opinions. And the Bible said we got to keep taking our opinions and humble ourselves, and it's hard on our flesh. But if we're going to resist the devil in our life, we got to keep bringing it under the word of God. God, you said it. It's not, about, it's not about how I feel about this. It's what you said. And I'm just going to get in agreement with the word of God. And that's the starting place to deal with the devil. But so many times we just get full of our opinions, our feelings, and our thoughts. And it's hard to resist the devil if, 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 if you're allowing that pride in there. That's why the first thing the Bible says, submit to God, bring everything under what God said, then you can resist the devil. So it takes us staying submitted. Second thing, it takes us staying sober. And here's what I mean by that. We have to be alert. We have to be aware. We have to be vigilant. Now, how many of you remember back, and you would agree with this, it was a different world before 9-11? What happened at 9-11 was an enemy came and attacked us, and not only attacked us, attacked us on our turf and challenged and stole our freedoms. It, it is different now. There's a different vigilance, especially when you travel. See, before 9-11, some of you may not are too young to remember this, but for the rest of us, before 9-11, you could just show up at the airport about 30 minutes before your plane left, take whatever you wanted in your little bag except for a weapon. You could get on that plane, fly wherever you want. Now, what happens? You need to arrive about two hours before. You need to make sure that you have stuff in your little bag. It can't be more than this and that size and no, this liquid's too much. And there are all of these safety guards to protect you. And you get to the uh, TSA line, the security line, they're, they're, they're gonna uh, check all your stuff. You gotta take your shoes off, you can take your pack off, you gotta take your coat off, you gotta take your belt off, you gotta go through. They scan you. Anyone ever got extra scanned? I, I just wanna stop here and say something that when we go through the airport, it's my wife that always gets the extra scanning. Just saying, for what it's worth, I know you would think it was me, mm, it's her. I, I, anyways, but here's how I feel about that. Um, to know that things, someone's being vigilant and someone's being safe and someone's watching things, I'm all right with showing up like an extra hour early. And I'm all right, check my bags. I'm all right with standing in that line, why? Someone's being vigilant to protect me. You see, we need to be on more of alert spiritually. We, we, we do, we need to be more alert spiritually. So how do we resist the devil? Well, we, we, we stay submitted, we stay sober, 
Here's the last thing. We stay strong. Everything I said today was to say this. How do we resist the devil? Because the Bible says, you shout aloud, no, and watch him what? Scamper. Have you ever, uh, maybe when your kids were a little bit younger and you started off with, no, don't do that. No. I said no. Why? Because you're trying to protect them. Or how many have a pet? You know, at first you're like, no, Fido. Oh, come on, Fluffy, don't you do that. And he's like, he does it anyways. And then all of a sudden you start, I said no. Why? Because you needed them to know who's in charge. I wonder why we're just going around to, oh, devil, no, devil, don't do that. Instead of just, no. Maybe there needs to be, maybe some areas of your life, he keeps stealing your joy. He keeps stealing your peace. Come on, he keeps attacking you in some areas and you've allowed some of those thoughts. And I guarantee if those thoughts are coming, they're working on you, you might need to go home, look in the mirror and say, no. And if he does it again, you might need to say, no, devil, I said that is enough. This is my turf. This is my territory. I'm on the verge of a breakthrough and you're the only thing standing between here and my breakthrough. And something's got to give, not going to be me. You got to move. That's called authority. Well, you know, we're supposed to love, not raise our voice. No, you need to tell the devil where to go. Are y'all with me? Y'all are too quiet. That, that's a really good point. But man, sometimes we, we just let the devil take our ter- territory, keep us from territory. And why I wonder why God didn't, hey, God said, I gave you the keys to some authority. You need to be vigilant about what the devil's up to. Be vigilant. So how do we be strong? Just let me share a couple of things. How, I, I believe this. First of all, it, this might be like an ABC on your notes. Isn't this good stuff this morning? Um, so if we're going to be strong, we, we need to, first of all, we, we need to keep spending some time with Jesus. And I know you're looking for maybe something deeper than that, but every one of us, we need to spend some more time with Jesus. Because out of that time with Jesus comes your confidence. Out of that time with Jesus comes your wisdom. All that time with Jesus, and here's what I mean by time with Jesus. You, you gotta, if, if Sunday morning, this is how I look at it. I'm gonna preach you a good word on Sunday, right? I'm gonna fill you up and you're gonna go home. But about Tuesday, you're gonna be, what did he say? What was it he was talking about? So you, if this is the only Jesus you're getting during the week, man, I'm telling you about Wednesday, you're gonna be, you, you're gonna be have a hard time watching and being vigilant. What I'm saying is you need to take the word of God and keep opening it yourself and find out what Jesus said about you. You just need to have some time where you can worship and you can pray because out of that comes your strength. That's being vigilant. If you're under the word and you're praying, there is a spiritual sensitivity. And when, the, when, and when the devil's trying to talk you out of that last yard before you break through, you're like, oh no, I see it coming. I know what you're up to. You know, think about it this way. If you, and if you don't like football, just stick with me. But let's just say you're on the one yard line. I've never seen this happen. The quarterback come up to the line and there's no lineman, just him and a running back. And there's all these big, ugly defensive linemen up against them. I've never seen that. Because if he hands the ball off to that running back, guess what? He's going to get crushed. He's going to get stopped at the one-yard line. So we say, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, we need some linemen in front of us. We need a play we're going to run. We need some strategy. We need to spend some time in the right presence so when we come out of that huddle, we know what it's going to take to cross that goal line. You can only get that in the presence of Jesus. He might show you where the devil is going to come. He might show you how he keeps coming at you. The word's going to speak it to us. His voice is going to speak it to us. Mark Driscoll uh, said this. I love this. He said, you're only as strong as your prayer life. God doesn't need to pray. Guess what? You do. I believe God's got some solutions and some answers, and we just need to go to him on a regular basis. Say, God, 
I, I, I need to hear from you. So being strong, obviously, is spending some time with Jesus. And I believe this too. It's spending some time with people that are going to encourage you. If the enemy is really good about picking people off that are isolated and he's good about picking people off that are stragglers, together we're too big to kill. And here's how this usually happens. I've been doing ministry for a long enough time now that I see this happen over and over again. And there's a scripture in the book of Hebrews that says this, that when you see the days on you approaching, it says be in church. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And here's what it means. People get into problems and things going on and the devil starts telling them that people don't care and people don't care about them and they start disappearing from church and before you know it, they're just gone and then they're gone for a few months. You don't ever know what happened to them. They show back up and they're beat up and they're a different person. So what that means is get in church. Get in a good church. Be there because you're gonna hear words gonna keep you stirred up. We gotta be in church. There was this... Um, show I was watching and what they did is they took, there are these four, they're actually in their 80s and 90s, um, these four ladies, and they were wives of NFL owners who helped start the NFL. And they didn't want to be interviewed because they're just used to, they're kind of meek and mild and they talked them into this interview and they said it was totally different because the reason why they didn't want to be on camera is because they came from a generation that was all about we. And they didn't want to be, you know, put in front of a camera. And they said it's so different than today because today is about what? It's the me generation. It's like selfie, 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 self, self, self. And that's what's happened to us. We've made it about ourselves and we forgot. Listen to this. You, you may not be able to have your breakthrough and get across that goal line if it's just about you. It's going to take someone, it's going to take being a church, getting a group, whatever it takes. You need some people to think about this. If we're not having some time with Jesus and we're not having some time around people that are going to encourage us, think about this. Maybe you're too busy to spend some time with Jesus. And I know that sounds really, really harsh, but I want you to think about that because I know life's busy. I got to do this, got to be here, got to watch this TV show, got to have some Facebook time. Gotta, I just, life's busy. But what if you were so busy with your life? You were so busy with your life that that busyness kept you from your breakthrough. I mean, think about that. You're trusting God. You're believing for that blessing. You're, you're, you're believing for God to come through, that financial thing to break open, that relationship thing to, to change. And the whole thing that's keeping you, maybe the thing that's keeping you from that yard is you've been too busy. And we've all been there. Just been, I've, been, I've been too busy to just spend some time in the Word. Just been too busy to pray. Just a lot of my kids got, you know, they got practice here and practice there. And we got work here and work here. Man, we can just have a million excuses of busyness. But what if busyness was the thing stopping you at the goal line from your breakthrough? Or what if the thing stopping you at the goal line from your breakthrough was the fact that you weren't allowing people in your circle to encourage you to cross the goal line. What if that's all it took was some time with Jesus? And what if that's all it took was somebody around you to say, come on, you got this. I mean, think about that. What if you isolated yourself from somebody and you started listening to the voices and you can't do this. You, you've messed up too many times or you're not this or you're not that and it's not gonna happen for you. And you start believing that lie and you start isolating yourself and you made yourself easy prey to be taken out. 
But what if all along what, what God was about to do was walk someone into your path on a Sunday morning that had just been through what you've been through, or they walked through what you walked through, or they went through what you went through, and they might have said to you, you know what, I've been there, I was there. I didn't think I was gonna break through, but man, God broke me through. Come on, I'm gonna encourage you. We're gonna, I'm gonna pray you through this. I'm gonna walk you through. I'm gonna help you cross the goal line. But we took ourselves out and isolated ourselves, or we were too busy. And then we started thinking, well, where's God? Where's God? You know, you read that prayer request. God did that for them, but he's not going to do it for me. What if it was our busyness? What if it was our isolation? And it kept us from that break. This is how we be vigilant, guys. This is how we stay strong. We stay surrendered. We stay sober. We stay strong. Strength means I got to have some people around me helping me cross the goal line. Those big fat linemen in the front, they're going to help that guy cross the goal line. He can't do it without him. Never seen a running back just get the ball and go through without a block. And maybe someone needs to set a block for you to free you. Maybe someone needs to call the right play for you. We got to stay with Jesus. We got to stay some time with people who encourage us. And we got to stay some time praying in the spirit. The Bible says continually keeping ourselves filled. That's how you and I stay vigilant. So when I gave you that title, Becoming a Jesus Vigilante, it wasn't just a play on words. That's a spiritual word that we're supposed to use. Be alert. It's a little bit different than the English word. Be alert. So when you leave here today and you go home this week, I don't want you to be obsessed with the devil. I just want you to be vigilant. Because the Bible says he is a defeated foe and he is under your feet. But he will talk you out of your victory. He will talk you out of your confidence. He will talk you out of your position. He's a kleptomaniac and he'll get you to the place where you lay it all down and you believe his lies. Now there's a scripture in the book of Isaiah that says this, one day we're gonna see the devil and we're gonna be like, you are what deceived the nations? Because he's not gonna be as big and bad as he made himself out to be. Only way you know that is that's what the word of God says. We're gonna be amazed, like, you're the one who calls me to sacrifice that? You're the one who calls me to surrender that? You're the one who calls me to give up on my marriage? You're the one who calls me to give up on my joy? You're the one who talked me out of my peace? Are you kidding me? We're gonna be amazed. So how about we don't wait till that day? Let's spend our time being more amazed at what God's gonna do in our lives. Now, everyone close their eyes. Everyone close your eyes. I wanna end this with a God moment. And here's what I sense and here's what I believe that maybe you were going on in your journey, following Jesus, you put your faith out there, believe for something, and all of a sudden, it's like something took your legs out from under you. All of a sudden, it's like, man, something that just came at your mind, came at your heart. That's what we call a spiritual attack. And the good news is you might be a yard from your goal line and you may feel like you're at the end of the field, or you might be in it right now. But if you understand what I've preached today and what I've said, first of all, I'm challenging to be vigilant, but I wanna pray for you right now. If you say, man, I, I know I'm in it right now. If that's you, would you stand? Would you go ahead and stand to your feet if, if that's you this morning? You just, you just, nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm going through something. So I, I, I wanna pray for you right now. I wanna speak some stuff over your life. First thing I wanna to say to you is you feel like, man, everything that's coming against me, I want you to hear this. It's more important that you recognize what's for you, not what's against you. 
I want you to hear this too, that what the enemy meant to be destructive and evil, God said, I will always turn it for good. If you, if you understand what the word of God says, he can take what the enemy meant for good. Even if we got ourselves in it, God can take it from that test and that trial and God can give you a testimony from it. And I want you to hear this. You might be a yard, you might be a yard away right now. Father, I pray for every person standing.